Hi. Welcome, guys. Thanks for joining me. Episode 10, Keen on Things podcast, In Memoriam. That's what we're going to call this, In Memoriam. And I do an In Memoriam to close out uh, most of these episodes, all of them. Um, and this episode's called that, too, so this might be confusing when people don't look this podcast up to not listen to it. Um, welcome to the Keen on Things podcast, everyone. Everyone? No one. More like. I'm kidding. Doing this on Spotify, just like Rogan, man. We're the two big new acquisitions. Um, Rogan and Keen. That's actually a pretty good sounding thing. I'm sure he's like, yeah, that sounds great together. I'll just go with Rogan because by itself it generates a million a week or whatever. Um, <clears throat> thanks for listening. It's, uh, what are we doing? It's Memorial Day weekend. <clears throat> it's We just had Memorial Day weekend and boy, did we need it, right? We needed a three-day weekend. Um, I joked about that last week. I was like, finally, a three-day weekend. It got a lot of likes. It got a lot of love. Um, it got a lot of uh, attenciones. Um, thanks to those who died in service. You know? I mean, and then Veterans Day will honor the veterans, which is November 11th, which is uh, supposed to be... Um, Armistice Day, the end of World War One. Anyway, I think of soldiers. When I, when I think of Memorial Day, I try to think of soldiers all over the world in all battles, soldiers who were led and misled into battle because um, they weren't always the right causes. Even some of our causes aren't the right causes. But uh, don't let Americans hear you say that, right? No, no, every war we've done is, is right. Mm -hmm. um, but I try to think of because, you know, if you're a young person, 15, 16, 17, in some third world country led into war, even if like some of these terrorist organizations and don't know any better, what are you going to do? You know, we indoctrinate as well. Um, hopefully not to the level that some of these other countries do. But uh, and not that you're justifying killing and slaughter and everything, but uh, just young minds, you know, misshaped uh, by older, usually white men. Um, but these veterans and these, these people who've died in all these battles have more in common with each other than any of us can appreciate. You know, they understand each other's sacrifices more than we could ever know. Uh, in heaven, I hope they're up there together in peace or just in heaven. You know, even if they did the wrong thing, they thought they were doing the right thing. Uh, people that battled, you know, for the Japanese in world war two, you know, um, young German boys who were, in World War One, I. I don't know the Nazis. I'm not even going to mention that word. Um, you know, led or misled into war. Maybe they don't. And if they are in heaven, these soldiers from different countries, maybe they don't want to see each other again. You know, be, and and beware of the people screaming support the troops all the time. Like the real fear mongering cowards. That even the troops are like, you know what? Shut up. You don't care about us. Just you just want to appear heroic or patriotic or get people to applaud you and ride coattails of their sacrifice and service because it's something that's popular. You would never do it. And, you know, just quit pandering. All right. Some comics do that on stage. Uh, I'm happy we have troops. Of course. Who isn't? Who, who, who's not supporting the troops? We're already support. Like who would be like, I'm not supporting people who are supporting and defending and protecting me and my life and my family and children and the land. Nobody, nobody. If your house is getting burned, attacked, and someone comes and stops that and defeats the people doing it. I don't know one human who's going to say, no, no, I don't, I don't support them. All right. It's when things are on the outer fringes 
right out there in the world in some distant land and in caves. And it's like, why are we going after those people? That's when questions are asked. Like, how much of that is survival and defending us? You're defending us by being there? Like, yeah, we're fighting them over there so we don't have to fight them over here. Well, they're not over here. Like, they don't have a chance. Like, we have a top military that spends more than, like, the next 25 countries combined, and most of them are allies, you know? So... I don't know. But uh, regardless, let's be the people. Let's be a people worth protecting. Okay? That's the least we can least we can do. Let's be worth fighting for. Because if the troops were to look around and see some of our behavior, if I'm a troop and I, I see what Americans are, I'm like, yeah, I'm not defending this. I'm out of here. And, and maybe even turn against Americans, you know. But they still do it. They still do it. Um, for people like my loud mouth, which isn't that loud, or people that just don't appreciate it and just live their lives and let their bodies go to shite. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'll tell you what helped Vietnam win that war was the coffee they drink. Have you ever had that Vietnamese coffee? You drink that, you're not losing a war. That stuff's lethal, man. That's a hard come down. I had some last week. It was brutal. The withdrawals. I mean, I have it with regular coffee, but with that Vietnamese iced coffee, it's dangerous. I got to completely quit it. I mean, I, I get so depressed coming off coffee. I don't know what it is. Um, again, my neighbor Nadine has it, and uh, Miley Cyrus has it, so do I. Call in if you know anything about why the coffee um, addiction and the coffee situation is so bad. Um, but back to the troops. You know, we lose 22 veterans a day to suicide, 20 to 22. So roughly, you know, what's that, uh, 140 a week, roughly? Um 150 a week sometimes and so much is wrong with that they just this insane out of control budget and veterans don't get jack veterans man we have to have wounded warrior projects to pay for what like the military has plenty of money take care of these people for life and their families you know ptsd whether they need help medical care mental care or you know physical care obviously Get them homes they can work with. Get them set up with jobs. Get them in sustaining situations. The military has enough money. You see homeless veterans. You see wounded warrior projects. I'm happy, happy to give to wounded warrior projects. I'm happy to perform at benefits for veterans. Like no pay, whatever. You know? But they shouldn't be necessary. We shouldn't even need them. It should just be the gravy. Here's a little more. And they should always get a little more. If they're going to go die and risk their lives, especially in like these bombs that take place. Of course, we have the top technology that any troops have ever had. But in some instances, you know, the enemy has access to that top technology. And like, you know, in World War I, people didn't just get erased or, well, let's go back further. Revolutionary War. You got shot. Maybe you could live. Like these bombs that go off, man, all of a sudden someone's gone, you know. And we're doing this. Other people, it's happening to our own troops. I, and just, I, if they're going to go die in these corporate wars, please take care of them and their families. You know? But a lot of the wars are resume padding so that upper brass can get promoted. In the military, I'm told, you can't advance unless you have war experience. So it's like, better find a war. So email me and call me on that. Happy to discuss. I, I'll never, I won't put you on blast. Like, I won't be like, this person did that, and then you'll get all kinds of heat. Um, 
you know, because of all the listeners. Anyway, uh, 877-995-5247 is the suicide hotline. 877-995-5247 is the suicide hotline. Only had to uh, go through 10 pages of ads to find that number. You know, but maybe that's why they bury it. So they're buying time to prevent suicides. I don't know. Um, the most recent non-movie I saw, and I'm full of shit anyway. Who knows? But I don't think I'm that full of shit. I think, yeah, I think I'm more right than I am wrong. But I'm sure if you if you navigate correctly, you can go, oh, no, but here, but this, but this bank shot kind of is where and why we should be over in that one town, the oil and, like, contractor in corporate. Bullshit, man. Then you're not a Christian. Okay. Anyway, uh, the most recent Vietnam movie I saw was Casualties of War. Uh, it's excellent. It's underrated, man. Platoon's amazing, too. Um, but I loved uh, Brian De Palma's Casualties of War with Michael J. Fox and Sean Penn, of course, two greats. Um, some Vietnam movies. Uh, Platoon was amazing. Deer Hunter, amazing. Full Metal Jacket, amazing. Um, I loved them all. And then I heard this song. I got to listen to it later from uh, Coming Home. God, that's a beautiful song. And John Voight, who's like so pro-Trump now, played that great role. And now he's aged, and now it's in his economic interest to um, support Trump, even though he played this pivotal role in film that was amazing. Bruce Dern and Jane Fonda, who uh, I love as well. Um, I do worry that our military is a poverty draft. And um, it's a lot of poor kids with few choices are just forced into it. It's a good plan. If you can survive and make it through and keep your head, then collect that retirement. Uh, when I substitute taught in South Central and East L.A., I would try to tell the kids, not that they were listening or there was time. It was more just survival. But uh, when I had moments, there were moments, you know. And I remember moments growing up from that teachers would have with us. Um, but uh, when I substitute taught, I would tell the kids, military is a good option, but don't let it be your only option, you know. Like That's the old Richard Pryor joke. He's like, I was a young man black in the military. Or I'm sorry, I was a young man black in America. And uh, got to that age, graduated high school. It was either military or jail. Do, 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 do. You know, he pretends to go to the military. Um, God, I can sing at home, can I? But uh, in the academies and the Navy SEALs and such, such a different story. You don't become that by falling into it, you know. that That's not something you fall. They're, they're, they're not going to just take you. That's some special unit stuff. Uh, I don't know if Green Beret is still something, but Navy SEALs definitely is. Uh, Charlie Sheen was in that movie, Navy SEAL. Perfect casting for that, right? Who better to personify discipline, honor, duty, courage, respect than uh, than Charlie Sheen? But it's called acting, my dear boy. Um, but I do wonder how military people handle that or if they even care to notice when someone is doing like the fake pandering. Like, I, I can't imagine that they'd care. I, I would think that they'd just be like, yeah, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, because if someone comes up to me after a show, not often, and says, funny, really liked it, I can't tell if they're sincere. And I don't know if I want to know, right? I'll take the compliment in a second. I don't get a lot. Um, I do notice when people try to make more of it. If people say, boy, what you guys are doing is so important. We need you people. I'm like, comedians? And I don't know. Maybe they're serious. Maybe they're right. I don't know. But I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I don't know. And I wouldn't know about people coming up to you complimenting. Who am I kidding? Um, I did get to do a phone interview with Robert O'Neill once with Gary and Steve. He was uh, the soldier who shot bin Laden after the helicopter crashed. 
they had to go and kill bin Laden after their helicopter crash. Can you imagine that? You crash in a helicopter and think there will be people to come help us. You're like, oh, there's, oh, we crashed, but we're alive. People will come help us. And no, we need to now race out of this burning flying trap and go, because we've landed in somebody's yard, the enemy, and we have to go kill him uh, and get through his, you know, his defense. His circle of trust. He's from Butte, Montana. He and Evil Knievel, Robert O'Neill and Evil Knievel, both from Butte, Montana. And uh, I'll tell you, man, you need someone from Butte to take down uh, Bin Laden. It, it, he only could have come from Butte. He lived it every day. I'm kidding. I went to college with a lot of kids from Butte. They were tough. They were ready to go, man. They were ready to fight. They were ready to fight. Could be a religion class. You know, comparative religion. They are ready to go. What'd you say, man? No, I was just asking about your pen. Oh. Anyway, um, thanks to, uh, thanks again. So anyway, thanks to people everywhere defending their communities and countries and such. You know, um, something we should all kind of do. Because you don't know, man. You don't know who's in on what. Like, you know, um, human trafficking and stuff like that. You don't know what community it's going on in. So you really have to watch out. For We still have to watch out for our immediate communities, our streets, driving too fast, kids playing. You know, kids being left out and being more likely to succumb to a, um, you know, creepy child molester or someone that's in human trafficking because they'll probably go after, you know, who doesn't have the friends, who doesn't have the self-esteem. So I don't know, man. It's all our duties, I think. And this is coming from a single dude that <sighs> whatever. Um, so, yeah, I don't always agree with policy, but definitely never anti-true. Right, I'd go for go for form for the troops overseas in a heartbeat. Many comics do. I've tried several times, but uh, I can't get I can't get on one of these things. Maybe I'm not trying hard enough. Steve Byrne has done a lot. I go out with him. Uh, I've never been on a USO tour. He and Gary went, and several comics do it. And I'd love to do it, man, just to connect and uh, give them hopefully some sanity in the world, and then get an eye, get a perspective of, you know, what they're going through and uh, what's being expected of them. Because I think the situation is pretty impossible. I think more so in a weird way than Southeast Asia or World War II, where it's just these deserts and the language is so unfamiliar and uh, the terrain is so brutal. Um, you know, let's end it. Let's bring these guys home. Jesus. Um, so I do appreciate you. And I, and I, Hope they're appreciated when they come back and able to pick up their lives again. Um, but yeah, but don't let people who are against policy be painted as being against the troops. That's too easy, man. That's so. That's such brainwashing. It's seen as unpatriotic. Most vets you talk to are like, yeah, we do what we can so you can have whatever opinions you want. You know, my buddy's buddy, my buddy too, but one of my buddies from high school and college, his brother's Navy SEAL, and a friend of mine too, buddy, played with us in high school football. But, um, you know, we do what we can so you can have whatever opinions you want. Anyway, Bill Maher even said it years ago, proud to live in a country that lets me shoot my mouth off and be a jackass. And I'm the same way. It's the same thinking. Um, so, happy Memorial Day. I posted a picture of, uh, we're about halfway through this episode. Um I posted a picture of, uh, what is it? Not Arlington, but um, Normandy. <clears throat> Just beautiful. I want to visit that someday. Um, you see these, jumping to um, just social media in general, you see these sad news posts? 
and you wonder like what's what posts are we supposed to like like because I, I do a thumbs up and then people are like what's your thumbs up that that's sad news i'm like i guess it's just acknowledgement you know but now they have the embrace emoji which is really good but we do need just an acknowledging emoji like gotcha man i don't know how you convey that but the hug is good i like the hug um but uh anyway so yeah memorial day three day weekend people are out I, you know i don't know it's so i'm so on the fence about that because people do need to get out and stay sane but you don't want to go to freaking pool parties like that are jam-packed you know i went to a social distancing gathering this weekend down in orange county got to hear some real smarties talk about trump and like it's one thing to vote Republican, man, but to actually be in support of this orange clown is uh, there's something, literally something wrong with you. Like if you buy into that, there is something wrong with you. He's not a patriot. He's not a hero. Like he doesn't care about you. There's no way he would ever sweat over you. It's about dollars, the quick dollar, not even stuff that's good for the country long term. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'm not saying anything bad about Republican. I don't think he's Republican or Democrat. He's just this like gross snake oil opportunist that's in there. And what do the Democrats have? Who cares? I'm voting against that guy. Like he's that much worse than, than this two party thing. Okay. Right in, um, or call me, um, man, I was almost dead last week. I'm doing some yard work. It was, it started out. I was doing a lot for my landlord next door. I was doing a lot of stuff on the Hill, some landscaping, weed picking, digging holes. Um, that slowed down, which is fine. Um, back to driving Uber Eats and Uber, but uh, I um, so I was on the hill last week doing a, a day's work and didn't put any sunblock on. Then at night I put on some aloe vera. Then later that night I got aloe vera in my eye, and man, I was almost dead. Like I couldn't see out of one eye for two days, and it was painful. But uh, I don't know, man. So just know aloe vera might have alcohol in it or something. So watch yourself. <laughs> watch yourself um i had to call i text my friend who's a doctor i was texting my family my parents my mom my parents and my mom my mom um so last week when i was recording that that's what i was going through i couldn't read i couldn't do anything so i was all over the place episode nine but the listeners don't know the difference do there are there listeners man three-day weekends are procrastinators dream you just keep putting things off and then tuesday morning hits and you've got nothing that Thursday night or Friday before just seems like it's endless. Remember that? Three-day weekend in school or even at work? Thursday night, you're like, yeah, tomorrow's going to be cake, and then we have three days off, and that Tuesday will never come. Well, here it is, man, right in your face. Um, okay, good. I hope the pandemic's going okay for you, and hopefully we're out of this soon so you don't have to listen to any of this stuff. Jesus. Um, I listened to Patton's new special, and it's great. Patton Oswalt's. I think it's new. It popped up in my feed as if it were new. But uh, it's great. It's called I Love Everything. My next album is going to be I Love Everything That Guy Does. So thoughtful, deep material, cerebral, yet the funny's never sacrificed. It's it's not a TED Talk or one. I mean, it's so funny. And when he laughs and giggles himself, it's he's adorable. He's strong, beautiful man. Uh, been a fan for a long time. Um, I think it's new anyway. Um, I met him a few times over the years. Uh, I once emceed a show at the comedy store that he did. I think he was headlining it. And he, it was awesome. It was in the dark days of the comedy store. And it was a benefit for Project Hope. And he gets up and says, uh, boy, what what, what a beautiful message for Project Hope. Just 
these black walls with just sadness coming down <laughs> coming down it was in the main room of the uh you know it was in the main room at the comedy store and He's like, pictures of Polly Shore right next to pictures of Groucho Marx. <laughs> but uh, that was fantastic. And we were at a dinner in Minneapolis once with uh, Swartzen and Todd Barry and Dave Rath. For It was the night before the Mitch Hedberg tribute. Jesus, so many tributes for comics. Before their time. Before their time. Obviously, people live lives and die, and it's a natural part of the process. But before their time, you know. And the waiter, um, I think it was like '04, and the waiter was talking about chipotle as a condiment, if that's possible. I don't know if I've got the right condiment, but it was some spicier south-of-the-border condiment, I feel like. I think it was chipotle. And he was explaining it to us, but we kind of knew what it was by '04. Am I, am I thinking of – maybe I'm thinking of a different condiment. But um, And he said it was an acquired taste, and everyone kind of looked at each other like, it's not that acquired, you know. You can like it the first time you try it. But it was just a very Patton Oswald moment. Like he giggled. He's like, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Like as as the waiter walked away, he didn't give him shit. But it was just very funny. Like acquired. Like who needs three or four times? How white is your taste buds? And Minneapolis is not. It's a cosmopolitan town. I assure you, it's not down home. I mean, you can get on the outskirts, and Minneapolis has that aspect to it, sure. But I don't want to paint Minneapolis, which is one of my favorite cities. Um, as being bumpkins at all very progressive but it was just funny i think it was just a guy young new how do i know if he was new but uh anyway language and imagery always with Patton. his brother matt is funny too i'm friends with him on facebook he has some good posts he was doing those pudding episodes with pepitone that were great i don't know if they still do those um but uh, anyway his and Patton, his and seinfeld's patents and seinfeld's are the two most recent stand-up comedy specials i've watched liked them both mark norman has one out i'm going to check that out Mark's good, serious comic. I like him. I've always liked him. Uh, we met in Seattle. And I got to tell this, young comics, if you're listening, not that anybody's listening to this. My God, get off. Go do something with your life. But if you're trying to get into stand-up or want to get into stand-up or anything, really, get with people who are serious about it. I kind of did, but I was also with guys who were partiers and along for the ride and just doing it casually. And then I evolved out of that, and, and you keep evolving toward people that are more serious about it. Because I think I, a lot of, I wasted a lot of time with people who weren't as serious, who drink, who, you know, who, who the party comes first, and you do your set, and then go get, get with people that are serious, you know. And he and Joe List are serious guys, and they have the, uh, the podcast, which is great. Um, the party will come later. There's always going to be time to party. And it's easy for me to say that now because I've done done it. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, there's plenty of time. Like, we're living longer. Don't think you're missing out on anything. You don't have to blow your brains out and drink from 18 to 22. And I'm also, I just read, I just finished Seinfeldia, which is an amazing book, just all about fan culture and um, how the show got started and the results worldwide up until today. And at the end of that run... He was making a million an episode, and they offered him five million an episode for season ten, and he turned it down because he was just like season nine is you know we're gonna cut it off at nine. I think the Beatles did a nine year run, but um, and that's what he compared it to actually, rightly so. But the book, the by the book, reading the book, it says that everyone knew it was time, even though those offers were huge. Because I think the other characters were making six hundred thousand an episode, um, but I think they knew it was time. 
that they'd blown it out by season nine. They'd full throttled it like this will be the last one. So you just, it was so funny. It's kind of like the uh, last dance with Seinfeld. Um, God, I'd say Michael Jordan, Bill Clinton, Seinfeld. Those are like the three things of the nineties. I think just, um, and there was always criticism for the finale, which I, I never minded the finale. Cause it just, I was like, there's so many great episodes. Why not do something different for the finale? I know people gave it a hard time, but, uh, it definitely didn't have a, an effect on rerun culture. And maybe they did at the time think, oh boy, we just blew it. But um, fans, anyway, maybe thought that, but not at all. Um, final episode was spring of 98. My sister was graduating college like that same week. But uh, I loved, I loved uh, that show. And I was living in San Francisco at the time. Um, so, uh, yeah, what else do we have? Great show and great run. And I'm still fascinated by it. That's why I got into it. I was like, here's a, here's like a middle upper class guy who's doing kind of very, I don't know if conservative, but just very mellow takes and um, like, not to use the word cerebral again, but very thought out and the language is great. Him, a Carlin, a um, Robert Schimmel, stuff like that. Well, who Schimmel, I think, read for George. So did Jake Johansson, I think. And so did Larry Miller. I don't know. I'm hearing all kinds of things. But they, Jason Alexander, come on, get an actor in that. I really do like working with actors and comedians, but um, actors, because I don't get a chance to that much. But they can they, because they, you can do what you want and they play off you so well. Improv sketch, people like that. Jamie Andrews is great. I was with her at the Groundlings. Andrew Berlinson was fantastic. Katie Rose Donahue. Um, God, who else? Oh, there's a few others. Um, one or two. I was in an acting class with Tiffany Haddish. She's she's fun. Um, as an actor, she just makes scenes pop and her personality, you know. Um, okay, so that's it for this week. We're going to uh, wrap up with some in-memoriam stuff. we got a few minutes left. God, these go fast for me, not for you guys. I'm sorry. Uh, in-memoriam of the in-memoriam episode. <laughs> crazy, man. We lost uh, Ken Osmond. Not crazy. Eddie Haskell, man. The first ever infamous, worldwide infamous suck-up. He was from Glendale. You know, he acted and then was a cop. That's so interesting to me. Like, I mean, he was a cop because he couldn't get work after that role, which is kind of like the Seinfeldian book, how they had a tough time getting work because those characters were so indelible. But uh, you have to deal. Can you imagine having to deal with him and knowledgeable of that show? You're like, yeah, somebody, are you Eddie Haskell? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, the guy came in. Um, Late night, yeah, probably two between two and three in the morning, and uh, Rob, I love that one episode where you, yeah, you, you and Wally did that thing. But uh, anyway, it was between two and three, and uh, nothing's missing. But uh, he's been spotted in the neighborhood before, what, and you haven't been able to get work since you're a cop now. That would be so weird. But nowadays with social media, he could have parlayed that Eddie Haskell role into all kinds of things, appearances, corporate work, etc. So, but good life, man. Great, great look. Uh, Annie Glenn, who was a speech disorder champion, died at age 100. Good life. Wilson Roosevelt, German, German served uh, 11 presidents, man. He was 91. Annie Glenn, wife of John Glenn, died uh, at age 100. A lot of people living old. Good, 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 good. Died at 100. Good lives, man. John Glenn's wife, she'd seen some things. Ken Nightingale, Star Wars boom operator, died at 92. He was the pink shorts guy, if you see those uh, behind-the-scenes shots. That's Ken uh, Nightingale. Nita Pippins was an AIDS activist. She died at 93. Man, everybody's living long. That's great. She was a mother uh, 
to many who con, uh, contracted that disease. And, uh, she first, um, she first moved to New York in 1987 from Florida to help her dying son and then uh, kept helping AIDS <clears throat> victims all the way through. I mean, such a comfort and light to people in their final moments. That's incredibly important. You know, you get away from the limelight and what you think is important and you get that one-on-one and you really need uh, to know that you're not alone. You know, um, this podcast is absolutely all over the place. It's too much. Un- unsubscribe uh ship gaspard 39 wrestler from the wwe i don't know what happened there but uh that's a young 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 man uh k-rock 106.7 the radio station is deceased i guess is no more uh sean russell was a friend of mine from the gilmore girls and he moved here from north carolina he's a writer a comedy writer a really great guy love him shared an office together i was probably the worst office mate i, I bet him and brian uh can compare stories because i was I don't know. But uh, Sean Russell moved here from North Carolina, and he called it uh, the Sublime Station because K-Rock played so much Sublime. And he's like, I liked him before I came, but Sublime, they play so much Sublime. So I thought that was funny. Um, Ray Manzarek, man, the great, the late great, 74, of course, rock and roll. They get a little younger in their deaths once you hit the rock and roll category. Uh, played uh, by Kyle McLaughlin, you know, who was amazing in um, Twin Peaks. I didn't, I didn't really like him as an actor in sight. I saw him in Twin Peaks because I'd seen him in this as Ray Manzarek. I'd seen him in Sex in the City. I'm like, he's kind of a poof, but he's amazing in those and uh, other other Lynch productions. Ray Manzarek, man. God, that was a good movie, The Doors. I remember watching it with Dominic Chenelia. Dominic Chenelia had older, like his situation was older. You know how when you grow up with kids that just the parents are a little older or more mature or just over simple shit. And like he was, I used to sleep at his house on weeknights, man. That's crazy. Like that's how mature that guy was that his parents were like, oh yeah. Oh, is it a week, weekday or weeknight? Or they could have just been high, but, um, great guy, man. Love that guy down in San Diego. Now I was going to catch him last couple of weeks ago for, or this weekend, I think for a show, but, uh, no can do man. But, uh, Dominic, Mike Young, we used to hang out and do some stuff. Cause we we're in honors English together, you know, Jimmy Wilder would come to town anyway what am i talking about uh jerry sloan 78 utah jazz coach missed man great coach underrated doesn't he have like the most wins him and don nelson uh eddie sutton kentucky and then oklahoma state he's a basketball coach there i think kentucky shame was the cover of a sports illustrated and then he bounced to uh, ok state and did great things there he's a great coach doug gottlieb played for him who also had a transfer halfway through his career from Notre Dame to Oklahoma State. Hmm, you wouldn't have thought they would have met, even though they were at bordering states. And then they both transferred um, to the same school. Jorge Santana, who I thought was Carlos Santana. We lost Jorge Santana. Uh, and we lost Edith Irvine, the co-founder of Black Angus Steakhouse at age 100. Uh, rest in peace, all of you, on your journey. Um, my favorite tweet of the week, really quick, we'll wrap this up. Um, we're right at 31 here. Uh, my favorite tweet of the week was by Henry Abuya from Nairobi, A-B-U-Y-A, at Abuya underscore Henry. If you want to know if you're old, fall down in front of a group of people. If they laugh, you're young. If they panic, you're old. Man, I laughed. I laughed hard at that tweet. Not someone falling. Um, but falling down is freaky as you get older. 
you know. Girls fall a lot when they've been drinking. My friend Jenny McDonald used to. She swam at an Ivy League school and yet would fall when drinking, fall down. You know, often. She was so funny and stable, though, um, as a person, not when she's drinking out with her friends. But great girl, still is. Um, we're supposed to Zoom with her and my fellow Warren Count and Associates crew recently, but it didn't happen. Uh, hopefully it will. Trying to coordinate four schedules is not easy in any time. But uh, she's amazing. She and I and David and Ronan and uh, Cheney and Allison and uh, just a bunch of us. Um, I'm just going to start listing interns. But uh, I fell at the condo, man. There, there's, a, uh, there's a hotel that they keep you at in the Sacramento uh, Punchline. And uh, I f- was it a condo or I think it was it, I think it's a condo. Yeah. Or was it a hotel? It might have been a hotel motel, a motel. But I fell at the condo. The stairs are carpeted, slippery, old, narrow. And I slipped coming down. I didn't even need to go upstairs because I think the bed was downstairs. But I slipped and landed on my back on the stairs. And I and landed on my back and butt. And I knocked the wind out of myself a little. And that moment that, that you're in the air and not in control is nuts. If you're in the air because you're jumping, um, that's one thing. But to be in the air from slipping and you're like, you have like a second and a half of like, oh my God, something, I'm going down. Pain is coming and I don't know where. And hospital, hospital bills. But I had to lie down after that for a few minutes. Freaky. Um, so call in if you've fallen. You know, we'll put you on air right now and um, you can tell your story. But uh, funny tweet by Henry Abuya. Okay. Um, some great opportunities for ad space here, guys. So jump in companies, millionaires, billionaires, billionaires get uh, priority, but millionaires, you get good, like you get good VIP as well. Um, social media, you can find me at keen of comedy on, uh, Twitter and Instagram keen of comedy, K E A N E. Um, and, uh, also on Instagram and then keen, what is it? Patrick Keen 8 on uh, TikTok. I don't know how long we're going to do TikTok, but we'll see. Uh, upcoming gigs. Might have a gig in two weeks in early June in uh, Vegas. If you're interested, I think we're going to try this back room, Steve Byrne and Gary and I and another girl. Um, so maybe give it a shot. Maybe give it a shot. Uh, that's all I got, guys. God, we cover a lot, kind of, right? Is this fun for anybody? Anyway, episode 10, Keen on Things podcast. Thank you guys so much. And uh, I like doing it, man. I really do. So this is going to be more toward 35 than 30. But uh, I do enjoy this kind of free verse. Um, When I'm in front of people, I worry too much about laughs and where the responses are coming and where they're not. But but this, this is a better vehicle for my insanity, I think. So thank you very much for listening and uh yeah hopefully things do are opening up and uh and getting better but still wash your hands wear masks you know love you